Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Inside Tiger Football brought to you by Rib Crib. And we've got a lot going on with a big win over Southmore, 52 to 13. As we kicked off district play, we're joined by head coach Josh Blankenship. Coach, let's start off with the offense. There was plenty of stuff to highlight. You guys racked up 412 total yards of offense compared to the Sabercats 189. What made the real difference maker on Friday night last week? Uh, playing as a unit, um, everybody doing their jobs, you know, all the cliches, but then uh, really leaning on uh, some of our playmakers, our leaders, uh, Cooper Bates really setting the tone. Uh, with his toughness, his leadership, the way he – I mean, he runs like a dadgum running back, um, mm-hmm. you know, just the way he hits it and, the, you know, he's hard to bring down. Uh, really a tone setter in the way he plays. Um, Cabry really got got into a rhythm, uh, handing the ball off to him. He kind of was guessing there a little early, and then he got a little bit more decisive and found a cutback on an outside zone out the back door, and went. that was the long run that he had. Uh, obviously, Caleb's always explosive and trying to get him the ball as many times as we can because of his explosiveness. Uh, Octavian uh, showing some flashes. Keaton Johnson with the big catch down the sideline from Cooper Bates. Um, and then really what's, what's making things go is that old line just keeps getting better and better and coming together. Um, you know, really cohesive, really uh, learning the strengths of those guys and leaning on those strengths and, you know, following up a bye week of of practice of getting a lot better and then the week of prep for Southmore um you know offensively they did what I hoped they would do rushing played a big pivotal role kind of like what you were breaking down 252 yards on the ground with three different players finding the end zone was that the game plan or are we still trying to find a, a, a dude or are we liking the fact that it's many individuals stepping up to play uh both I mean the answer is both mm-hmm. um you know we know who the guys are that need to be touching the ball those guys that I mentioned um you know Levi Jensen's another running back sophomore young tough runner uh, that came in and did some really, really good things and we have big expectations for. Um, Deshaun Caldwell, uh, primarily playing safety, but he's a guy that gets a lot of touches uh, rotating in that running back group as well. Um, we, Yeah, we know who those guys are. Um, you know, it's not a necessarily on a call sheet or in the game plan that it's 10 touches for Cabri, 8 touches for this guy, 7 t- You know, it's, it's definitely next man up. Um, you know, with the understanding of, of who the explosive guys are for sure. Let's go back to Cooper Bates, 80 yards on the ground, but something that we, you would never really get to hear. Perfect. Eight for eight mm. throwing for 143 yards. How do you teach that? Or is yeah. that something you can teach? And then just his poise to take this team into district play with a, a one week win right now, because I know that's the mindset that you're going with right now. Yeah. I think the word you said was poise. Um, that I think is, is the key, you know, being ready for those moments, you know, there's a few games that you're going to be able to go eight for eight, you know, even if, um, you know, you talk about coaching that, well, yeah, you want to coach perfection, but you also are coaching a guy to throw it away. Um, in certain situations, you know, if the screen is muddy, you know, you're going to burn it in the dirt behind the line of scrimmage. So, um, there are some situations that you actually coach an incompletion as the best, you know, scenario. Um, but what Coop does is he stays poised. And so when you have those moments arrive where you can go eight for eight, uh, he was ready to take advantage of it. So I'm thrilled for him. He was our offensive player of the game. Not only was he a spark for us, um, a pace setter, but, but he was unbelievably 
uh, you know, efficient. With with the way the season started, picking up this win in district mm-hmm. play, how did that flip the script for the mindset of this crew in the locker room to yeah. get set for this Norman North game that we'll discuss later in the podcast? What you would expect. I mean, winning is the ultimate deodorant. It's the ultimate uh, shot in the arm. Um, you know, it's a steroid shot. I mean, it's adrenaline. It's all of it. You know, there's nothing sweeter than going into the locker room after a win and dancing and singing and celebrating. Um, and I cherish that, and I think our players did. It was it was fun going into the locker room and seeing them all huddled up, eager to do our locker room thing that we do, um, you know. And then then it's right back to work. And uh, we talked about that right uh, as we were finishing up in the locker room. You know, the the prep for Nor- Norman North began uh, in the second half of that game. You know, it was uh, you know it wasn't going to do us a whole lot of good to just sit everybody down right away in the third quarter. We needed more reps against an opponent. And uh, and we we're, we're dialed in now, ready to move to the next one. Now I gotta ask, how is your dancing moves or your oh, singing awful. moves? <laughs> no, my my singing's more yelling, you know, and <laughs> and I don't even know if it's rhythmic, but but we've got our stuff and we we enjoy it. One other player that I want to mention on offense, defense, he kind of did it all. Special teams, Nick Irvine. I mm-hmm. mean, here's a player that has really you could put. He's like chess. You could put him wherever you want, and he seems like he's buying into what you're coaching. Unbelievably coachable. Um, another sophomore, another young guy. Um, incredible mullet. I mean, he might have the best mullet on the team. Um, you know, he, he caught our eye last year as a ninth grader being, uh, uh, just a kicker. You know, he did a lot of things, but, but we were very aware of how he could kick it all the way to the end zone on kickoffs. Um, what we've learned having him with us, you know, since the spring is, is how physical he is, how tough he is. Um, so he's able to play, um, the edge on defense. He's able to play linebacker. Um, he plays tight end on offense. And then obviously, like we mentioned, he can kick it and he can boom it. So he's, uh, Really tough, physically tough, um, uh, loves contact. Um, Swiss Army knife, basically. He is, man. And, uh, you know, you you want to have as many of those kind of guys as you can. And it's rare that when they're a sophomore, they pop and flash right. like that. Um, but, but we've got a special one for sure. It is definitely special. Before we continue, let's take a quick timeout, Coach, as we continue on Inside Tiger Football, brought to you by Rib Crib. We'll talk about the defensive performance against Southmore. Tulsa Bone and Joint, Northeast Oklahoma's sports medicine experts. We are pleased to help you and the athletes in your life with a number of surgical and non-surgical options. Tulsa Bone and Joint is proud to serve as team orthopedist for local high schools such as Broken Arrow, Owasso, Sepulpa, Casha Hall, and Bishop Kelly. We're also proud to be team orthopedist for FC Tulsa. Tulsa Bone and Joint, moving life forward. <laughs> Your side hustle keeps you moving. We'll help you get where you really want to go. <laughs> TTCU Federal Credit Union. Life is better in balance. And welcome back to Inside Tiger Football, brought to you by Rib Crib. Broken Arrow taking care of business against Southmore, 52-13. to A lot of that credit goes to the defense coach. What did you see on the game tape after looking it over on the performance of your defensive line as well as the secondary yep. and everything else? I was really pleased. Um, you know, sometimes what you see on on the field live doesn't match. Um, you know, one of the sayings is it's never as good as you thought it was and it's never as bad as you thought it was. This was one of the times it was probably better than I thought it was. Uh, you know, I'm trying to coach my tail off out there not not being satisfied with the score or the situation and uh, really pushing our staff to keep coaching all the way through the end of the game. Um, which they did a great job of, um, you know. But we, we've we seen markers of that front, that defensive line really coming on. Uh, they're really doing some good things um, up front. 
the box in general with uh, Jamie Murillo leading the way at linebacker and then Chadwick Stewart uh, next to him uh, really starting to be consistent, um, especially in the run game, stopping the run game. Um, you know, our weakness, everybody can see it on Friday nights, has been in the back end, you know, giving up some some big shots, uh, maybe not quite coming up and fitting well enough in the run game when, where they're needed. Uh, this was their best game by far. Um, oh, two corners, really, uh, that we've mentioned before, but a sophomore, Braden Hardeman, and then a senior, Chauncey Standifer, are really lo- starting to become lockdown corners that uh, when you when you feel secure in that, then you can pour everything into your safeties and, and make them a part of the rest of the package. But um, we've got about a three- to four-man rotation going on at safety. Uh, having Tyreek Taylor back from injury, uh, previous injury, having him back was – he's kind of that leader back there, that vocal leader, helped guys get lined up. So having him back was huge. Um, but uh, I saw a lot of growth in our secondary, which is, has been a glaring weakness. Um, and those guys really started to settle in and find a rhythm. And coming up and making some physical tackles as well from the secondary is, is a huge step forward. You brought up Tyreek Taylor. Here's a guy that was playing some solid ball, then got hurt mm-hmm. and bounced back from an injury, and then playing against Cruz Campbell, the quarterback for Southmore. I mean, he played a pretty efficient game, just mm-hmm. didn't get points on the board, but Taylor picking up an interception. How big was that to see for him after everything yeah. he's gone through? Well, you know, that's bonus. You know, it's a sweet little uh, reward for a guy that's that's uh, stayed focused even through the adversity of, of, of injury. Um, but from a scheme perspective, what he actually got that interception on was a little out and up or a wheel or rail route, as we call it. And he had come down really hard on the flat and then was able to trail in his hip pocket, which we've been giving up those double moves over and over and over again. And he stayed right with the guy, not only, you know, was there in his pocket, but tipped the ball to himself and got the interception. So, you know, obviously I'm excited for Tyreek, you know, coming back from injury and then immediately having some big success, but, but watching us grow and stuff that we've struggled with is, is huge, you know, so all, all kinds of things to celebrate there. Six registered sacks against Southmore. Mm-hmm. Uh, multiple guys taking their quarterback to the ground. How how do you like seeing that? And then knowing that the yeah. the it was spread around as well. It, it's what you uh, definitely hope for. You know, we w- the kids put on the film and they see that Southmore is not as talented as the teams that we played um, in the first three games. So uh, the the challenge was: were we going to play down to our opponent's talent level? You know, or are we going to keep st- uh, stay focused on us you know are we going to continue to uh to improve uh regardless of who's out there and and so for the guys to share the wealth and and get in the action on on something that they ought to be doing which is getting pressure on that quarterback um you know that's awesome to see another game where your defense definitely stepped up in the rushing department of the opposing team you held the Sabercats to minus nine yards those are numbers that you dream of as a coach I'm guessing yeah with those sacks it should be that way you know he, he took some big sacks um you know he's trying to keep things alive and he's he's got a couple of receivers that a lot of previous games he's been able to buy time and chuck it up there and find some kind of success um and he w- wasn't able to do that you know our guys were able to corral him but when you have those big sacks when he's taking chance obviously that's going to put you in the negative and rushing especially if you're doing what you're supposed to do in the base run game third down conversions not happening for Southmore is that something that you teach during the week or is it once the games kind of get going that's how you have to break it down to teach the guys right out on the field no it's uh we do a lot of situational football so we chop up uh, our team team sessions whether it's OD um, you know, by situation, you know, whether it's, you know, regular P and 10 base open field stuff, whether it's third and short, third and medium, third and long, third and extra long red zone, different areas of the red zone backed up, 
Um, so we, we very, we are very conscientious about being, um, uh, situationally aware. You know, we've always got chains out there, even in practice, um, just constantly being aware of where the chains are, what that opponent has to get, um, is huge, you know, so it's, it's something we obviously work on, but, um, for it to register in the, in the live game and guys to be able to start having that overall awareness, that's the transition we've been looking for. And, you know, we expect to do that against Southmore, but they, uh, they did it, you know, so we're going to celebrate it. A lot of ter- couple of turnovers, rather, for Southmore. Some of them you wanted to come your way. They didn't happen. They recovered it. But how do you teach that awareness to a defensive player to not give up on the ball, even when it looks like it's not going to go their way as well? Well, we the ball is everything, you know. So it's uh, you, we try not to emphasize uh, don't turn it over. You know, it's protect the football. And so everything we're doing on the offensive side is is emphasizing how you catch the ball, where it goes, how you protect it when you're taking an exchange or a handoff, uh, when you're carrying the football, when you're carrying the football to traffic, when you're going down, when you're going down and coming up, you know, all those things that you emphasize there. And then defensively, you've got to have a maniacal sense of how do we get that ball back? How do we strip it out? How do we tackle it? How do we attack it in the air? Um, you know, a receiver's got a route, and he's very determined about where he's supposed to be. A DB can be a little bit more reactionary and go attack it in the air. Um, so constant emphasis on it, but making the play in the moment still the key. Well, Coach, we have more to get to. We'll be joined by running back, senior running back, Tabry Harris. You're watching Inside Tiger Football by Rib Crib. For families who like to build their wealth while staying liquid, we have flexible rate CDs to keep your funds working hard, even when you're not. First National Bank of Broken Arrow. The right balance. <laughs> Racing towards the end of the month? Ask about our early pay options. TTCU Federal Credit Union. Life is better in balance. And welcome back to the Inside Tiger Football Podcast, brought to you by Rib Crib. Joining me now, the star running back for the Tigers, one of my favorite players to call during game days, Cabri Harris. Cabri, how you doing so far today? I'm doing great. I'm feeling wonderful. Well, it's uh, been a long journey for you here at Broken Arrow. What's it been like being a Tiger playing running back? Uh, it's been great, you know, just learning things from the older guys, you know, slowly getting better and progressing. You got a touchdown against Southmore this last week. What did it feel like to get inside the end zone? Oh, uh, it felt great. I feel like long overdue, you know. And yeah, I just feel feel good. For you, you know, who do you model your game after? I know you're a Cowboys mm-hmm. fan, but the Cowboy that you you did not mention a Cowboy is your favorite player. So break yeah. me down your favorite player and how does that mold to your game and your style of play? Uh, I like Tony Parler, but I feel like I like to watch Evan Kamara because like he's like he's patient with it. Like, smooth with it. Does that remind you of your game when you're in the backfield? Kind of certain points, but I feel like I'm more like I have more agility. I don't know how to explain it. We're, we're entering our second week of district play, so as you know, the season is definitely getting in the crunch time where wins become even more crucial. <laughs> uh, what are your personal goals during this district action of play that we have ahead of us? You know, just doing my job, you know. That's the best thing I can do. If I'm doing my job, then we're going to win. Have you ever thought about the fact that this is it for you, putting on that Tiger jersey and playing some football? Yeah. Like, I don't think it hit me yet. Like, I'm just used to it, but it hasn't really hit. 
form of when you go with that kind of mindset where it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of, I'm just going to focus on game to game. And then when it is my time to mm-hmm. put that Jersey on, how do you keep that level headed mindset each week? Um, I feel like last year, like really showed me like what not to do. So like this year, I just have a better mindset when it comes to things like that. So like I just matured and like, I understand that now. Now I know you're not just the first person in your family to play football. Your younger brother is on the, fr- uh, is a freshman playing on the JV team. What, mm. what do you see out of this family affair with the Harris brothers? Hey, we got it. <laughs> it's in our genes. Did, yeah. did, did dad pass it down to you? I mean, did you have any other relatives that played the game of football? It's not really football. It's just like different type of sports. Like my mom, she played basketball. She did track. My grandpa, he used to do track. Um, my aunties that used to play basketball. So it's like, you know, we love sports. Now, I know outside the game of football, you also run track. Mm-hmm. So tell me how those can intertwine with one another and give you skill set on the track as um, well as the football field. Break it down for me. So like for track, this is really building my speed up and uh, acceleration. So like if I make a move and like I need to move somewhere like quickly, you know, it's just that quick burst. Like that's what track does for me. And then when you get on the track, what's it do for you? When I get on the track, uh, that's kind of a like different story. I feel like track is like this long little thing. It's like two different type of things. And what's it been like playing for head coach Josh Blankenship? Because he tr- he trusts you a lot in the backfield and kind of lets you have free reign on what you want to do back there. Yeah, it's been great. You know, he believed in me since my sophomore year. It's just really myself that was like defeating myself. Do but, you li- do you live by a quote then? I live by a quote. Yeah, or a saying or anything like that that keeps you motivated. Um, don't get comfortable. Consistency. Consistency. I love that. Well, I appreciate you stopping by on Inside Tiger Football Podcast. Coming up next, we'll visit with head coach Josh Blankenship, and we'll get you set for Norman North. At Ascension St. John, you'll find advanced heart care, brain and spine care, and personalized cancer care. And we excel just as much in the things that can't be measured. Listening more closely, caring more compassionately. Joining me now on Inside Tiger Football Podcast, brought to you by Rib Crib, Josh Helmer, the voice of Norman North. Josh, I got to ask you, what is it about this team that makes them special after a loss that that they had this last week with Bixby? Well, obviously, uh, the Bixby game, and this will not be Norman North specific. This will be the case for a lot of teams. That's just, hey, just forget about it, wipe it, flush it, move on. It's going to happen to a lot of folks versus Bixby, but... You know, they've got uh, a new starting quarterback in Owen Eshelman who, you know, before last week started to kind of seem like he was picking up the quarterback read option game a little bit and has several targets in Mason James, who's a talented sophomore that actually played defense for Norman North a season ago, but he shifted over to wide receiver and doing is doing some nice things. Zane Prater's right there, Freeland at tight end. So they were starting to develop a nice little rapport and Eshelman, he'll again, tuck it and run a little bit and run the, the read option game. It's was starting again to come together. So that's somebody that first season starting for Eshelman, though he, he did actually start Norman North playoff game a season ago when Camden six killer was hurt, but uh, feels like he's starting to really grab the reins of being the starting quarterback. So offensively, Norman North feels like it's beginning to turn a corner. You know, they were obviously 3-0 and before, uh, you know, last week versus Bixby. And then the, the 
defense in general. There's a bunch of uh, returners on that side of the football. The defensive backfield is uh, as good as it's been in my time covering the team when uh, you think about just uh, Pratcher and Elias Battle. And uh, I'm leaving out a couple of names, but defensively, they're, they're really good back there on the, the back end. They got some good talent up front in that linebacker, too. And this Norman North team, they're coming off this loss, so they're going to be hungry coming into Tiger Memorial Stadium as well. I'm guessing there's probably not going to be a lot of hangover effect that coach is going to get them amped up and ready to play Broken Arrow. Yeah, I'd be curious. I'll, I'll speak with Norman North head football coach Justin Jones myself this afternoon, and I'd, I'd be curious just to hear sort of what the – approach was after the game mentally because you know a lot of times in sports it's hey this isn't good enough i'm imagining on that bus ride home it was a little bit different approach than maybe you'd normally take in a loss just given the the lopsided nature of it i think probably for norman north it was hey let's just not even think about talk about that game a whole bunch (laughs) moving forward let's get right on to broken arrow and you know for these two teams broken arrow norman north at harf collins field last year was the arguably the most exciting game of Norman North season, and, and I'm sure, you know, obviously it didn't work out for Broken Arrow in the end. So for the, the Tigers' perspective, maybe you don't look at it and say, oh, hey, that was the, the best game on last year's schedule. But it was one of the more exciting games, I would think, even, uh, you know, from the Broken Arrow perspective as well. So there's uh, that history coming into this game from last season to where it was a, it was a tremendous finish. Uh, obviously, you expect uh, more of the same. I think these are relatively evenly matched uh, squads coming into this week. So we'll see, uh, yeah, what the carryover from last week is. You hope there's not much of a hangover. I would imagine that there's not. Again, I think that the approach is just totally flush the thing, but it'll be interesting to hear from Coach today. Now, before I let you go, Josh, give me the keys to victory against the Tigers. What will the Tigers be looking for to stopping the T-Wolves this Friday night? Outside of the play the cliches game, right, which is take care of the football for both I'm curious to see how Eshelman responds for Norman North at uh, quarterback after what was there's there's no way to phrase it. The final score last week was 60 to two for those that don't know, and it was a late safety that got uh, Norman North on the board when it was 60 to to nothing. So it was offensively just a disaster day for Norman North. So I'm curious to see how he responds with this uh, group of receivers and uh, with Lundquist and what they're doing with the run game. How well he responds, I think, is going to go a long way for Norman North's success. And then, uh, obviously, that that back end that we talked a little bit about. Don't give up the explosives. Uh, shut down the run game. If Norman North can do those things, then they're going to have a chance to, to maybe go win this game on the road. Well, Josh, thank you so much for stopping by. We appreciate the breakdown on the T-Wolves as they get set to take on Broken Arrow this Friday night. Great being with you. Uh, have a great call and appreciate your time. He's Josh Helmer. We'll have more from Inside Tiger Football brought to you by Rib Crib coming up right after this. <laughs> Life happens in a hurry. Our money experts will help you keep up. TTCU Federal Credit Union. Life is better in balance. And welcome back to Inside Tiger Football brought to you by Rib Crib. We broke down the offense, the defense. It's now taking a look ahead to our next opponent in district play with Norman North. Norman North, the team that got bushwhacked by Bixby, but I'm assuming when you look at the tape, there's still a lot of scariness that you have on this Norman North team coming into town. Yeah, I think they there, there's an argument to be had that they're uh, they're the best team over on the west side. Um, you know, they got us last year over at their place. Um, we kind of we played poorly. Uh, we had a couple guys out um, for different reasons, and 
And then we kind of slept walk through the first two, maybe three quarters of that game, started playing late, uh, got all the way back into it in a high-scoring game, and then lost in overtime. Um, you know, they're coming to our place. We're in a very similar situation as we were last year. Um, you know, we're, we're down a couple players that we lost in this past game, um, which is nothing we're not used to. It seems like we've had a different starting roster every week. Um, the challenge is huge, but the challenge is still us. You know, it's, uh, we've, we've made tremendous growth every week. Um, and especially once we hit that bye week, the week of prep for Southmore, the game against Southmore, we've had a good week of practice this week. Um, you know, so the expectations are high. It's a district game. It's a district game that we need to win. Um, and then there's some pride in there too. Those guys got us last year, um, which was really, really disappointing, uh, especially if you're trying to get hot and make a run in district play. Um, so there's a lot, there's a lot at stake. Um, but ultimately I'm looking for us to continue to progress, continue to get better, um, and then find a way to win the game. This was a team, like I said, that uh, got beat handily by Bixby. Yep. So they're going to be fired. They're going to be fired up coming right. in, in into Tiger Memorial Stadium. I mean, how do you approach that, knowing that after what happened to them last week? It has nothing to do with them. I mean, we're, we're very aware of what they're good at. You know, offensively, their quarterback is special, special, special. He can run. Uh, he's dynamic running the football. Um, he throws the ball exceptionally well. He's a big, tall, uh, good-looking, prototypical quarterback. Uh, they've got a very, very good offensive line. They've got a really dynamic receiver that will also play some wildcat for them. Uh, defensively, uh, they've got a couple of D linemen that are about as good as anything we've seen. Uh, a corner that might be the best corner that we've seen. Um, you know, very sound on defense, um, but, but their offense is certainly what makes them go. Um, you know, they're used to scoring a ton of points. Um, and do a lot of things with that quarterback. He makes them go. Tell me about their quarterback on what he can bring to yeah. the table because he can spread it out and he can also give it his backs as well. You know, he he got a start, uh, got the start late in the season last year when their uh, their original starter, six killer, um, got hurt. And it's amazing how similar they are. They almost look like the same guy, just different jersey number. Uh, Eshelman, I believe, is his name. But uh, I think he looks. You know, I don't know his actual measurables. He looks like he's about a six three guy. Um, runs extremely well, runs physical. You know, if he's got the option to, to pull the ball and run it or give it, he, you can tell he prefers to pull it and do it himself um, and then throws it extremely well. Um, and they've got some good schemes that will attack the zone that you've got. Um, and then they've got some man-beater concepts that, that they're very sound with. Obviously, offense is, is clearly their bread and butter and what they put their time into. For us to pick up the win against this Timberwolves team, is it going to come down to the performance of what we saw out of the secondary against Southmore? I think it's across the board. We've got to play good on the offensive line and defensive line. That's where it's always going to start. Um, Cooper Bates on offense is going to have to lead the way again and be the spark. Um, we're going to need good running back play from all our backs, and our receivers are going to have to be dynamic like they like they have been the past couple weeks. Um, defensively, again, it's going to start up front. Are we going to be able to stop the run and contain that quarterback in the run game? And then in the back end, are we going to be sound enough to be able to come up and fit the run and be able to cover those guys uh, when they want to take their shots? So. You know, it's not one group uh, more than the other. It really is. It's going to take a total team effort. And I, cliches are cliches for a reason. I mean, it's it's what it takes to win a football game. Well, Coach, I appreciate you stopping by for Inside Tiger Football as we break down Norman North. Remember, you can watch the game on AeroVision. It'll be at 7 p.m. this Friday night alongside Devin Johnson and Madison Dildine on the sideline. Until next time, go Tigers.